Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you. This time around, no ECW. Well, we do have some ECW talk, but not a standard edition of the ECW uh, Reliving the Extreme podcast. What this is, is this is actually audio from uh, our other show, the We Can't Wrestle podcast. If you're not a listener of that, you definitely should um, here on the WNR Podcast Network. I had put out uh, on a random, for this past Friday, a random Friday night, that uh, on somebody from the group, come join me. Come join me and let's just talk wrestling for a little while. So the person that bid on that was the renowned author and host of the Deathcast, a true crime podcast, Mr. Ian Totten, a good friend of mine. Ian and I and Aaron sat down and just talked about wrestling and whatever for about an hour um, so that's a possibility if you want to join the WNR Podcast Network on Facebook. Come join us. We have lots of things going on there. Not just uh, updates on the podcast like this one, Reliving the Extreme. But uh, also, we do contests. We do giveaways. We, we have conversations about any, any number of topics in professional wrestling and other things as well. Aaron does tournaments where he gives away prizes. Um, just all kinds of stuff where you can join us on Facebook for free, the WNR Podcast Network, right there on the Book of Face. Also, just to let you know, the Podcast Network is now on YouTube, so if you like listening to your podcasts on YouTube, you can find Reliving the Extreme and the other podcasts in our network on YouTube as well. Just look up WNR Podcast Network on YouTube. And of course, as I say every single week, you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash reliving the extreme to get unedited episodes of the show, bonus content, and for the highest tier, the opportunity to possibly be a co-host, or not possibly, to definitely be a co-host periodically with Aaron, Chad, and myself on Reliving the Extreme. But right now, just as a little bonus for you, the listeners, here's the conversation that Aaron and I had with Ian Totten. The conversation's all over the place, but it's a whole lot of fun. Thank you, Ian, for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast and uh, here on Reliving the Extreme. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, we will get back to our regularly scheduled programming this week. There he is. Mr. Ian Totten is joining me. Hello. Just telling our listeners, you know, hell, even if it's just you and me. I know I, I posted the... The post, you know, pretty short notice on a Friday night, so people might either be doing something or ignoring me or what have you. But I just, you know, me on a Friday night, hell, I'm at home. I, I'm, I'm, I'm way past going I out. Only, I do the same thing every night. I hang out and talk with my Chinese teacher. So, yeah, I've seen that. But yeah. anyway, for those of you that don't know, this is Ian Totten. Ian is a noted author and host of the Deathcast, which is one of my favorite non-wrestling podcasts. Um, how are things going with the Deathcast? I saw you had some really good listenership for your uh, Jimmy Savile series. Uh, I continue to be massively popular. I've signed to a uh, podcasting network. Awesome. Um really a talent agency uh they're helping me to make the show bigger and get it out to more people i continue to be within the top uh 700 true crime podcasts in the u.s so amazing there's a lot of true crime podcasts so that's a that's a hell of an accomplishment yes I was patting myself on the back today. I have more uh, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts than uh, most of the pro wrestling podcasts out there from big names. <laughs> so That's awesome. Little victories. Yes, absolutely. Well, in, in the podcasting, oh, man, in the podcasting sphere, there's just, it's like everybody has a podcast, you know? Oh, so, I know. It's it's just if you can if you can just ink out like just with our shows and I know you know as compared to somebody like a Conrad Thompson or a Jim Cornette or Brian Last or whoever we're just a blip on the radar but if I see within the wrestling category that one of our shows consistently is in the top one hundred and fifty even of wrestling podcasts because like everybody has a show so yeah. it, it it you know whether whether or not it's making money or what have you. It's still an accomplishment to me. That means that people are coming back and listening to what you have to offer. Yes. But people don't realize that podcasting is massively competitive. Um, I can say that 
as far as what I do, the people in the true crime podcasting community are very similar to how they are in the author community, meaning that they support one another. Mm-hmm. But there's still competition because you have big companies like iHeartRadio and everything trying to get themselves involved. Right. And nobody wants to deal with them because, you know, they consistently put out overproduced stuff that my personal opinion and opinion of others that I know, it's m- might be a compelling story, but they're not telling the whole story. They're telling what they were told to tell. Yeah, it's the um, it's like. A WWE dot produced documentary. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say it's like it's like network television as opposed yes. to as opposed to a gritty good documentary that you'll find from an independent filmmaker, you know, just to put it in perspective. Yes. It's very sanitized and they're only telling one aspect of the story, and that's the one that they think the most people are gonna swallow. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I even noticed from because when I first started doing shows. Um, because it was free and et cetera, et cetera. I hosted my shows on anchor. Yeah. And, uh, I've noticed since, cause I don't, I don't really use, I don't use anchor anymore, but they've switched over and Spotify bought anchor. Yeah. So now I constantly get emails from them. Do you want to come to Spotify for podcasters? Do you want to come to Spotify for, but I'm sure that if you get into Spotify for podcasters and you get to a certain listenership level, they probably are going to start butting in. No, well, I'm, I'm with, I'm actually my, my network. They moved me over to Zencaster. Okay. Um, because they get all the partnership stuff for free. Mm-hmm. And I'm with, I'm, 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 I'm in with uh, Apple for podcasters, um, Spotify for podcasters. And honestly, the biggest help that I've found is it gives me an idea of who's listening and right, where. Right. You yeah, know, I, the de- demographics, but it also I, gives me access to their ad partnerships. Right. Yeah. And I was gonna say I I I shoot my 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 feed is on Apple and it's on Spotify, but yeah. I actually use I actually use Red Circle as my server. Mm-hmm. Um and I just like I said I just I don't know if, if if you actually host your show through Spotify, if it you know, if you're gonna you can com- you complicate can. things with you know a corporate kind of I don't no. know, I just you can uh you can just open a, a, an account uh with them. Um I my account would be different than you one you would get because it right. would open for me, but you can just open an account for uh yourself for your podcast network. And to give you access to all of your demographics, as well as you can do Q and A's. Okay. Um, same with the Apple Podcast. All they have to do is verify that you're you, mm-hmm. and you get access to. Every, you can see reviews, get an idea yeah. of how how long people are listening when they check out. Which is always interesting to see. Red Circle shows me that too, and I like it when I see the listenership is. is and that's how I kind of figured because when we first started doing these shows, man, they were way too long. Like, <laughs> I was doing like you know, three four hour podcasts, and people fucking check out. No, you know, yeah. it's it's it. You, I find I find that around an hour to an hour fifteen is is the safe the safe number. Yeah, but there's I've had a couple episodes where I, I've gone over with that, especially the last episode on Saville. Mm-hmm. Around about 45 minutes to an hour, I'm good. Anything yeah. longer than that, unless it's a one-off case, people get lost and they don't want to stick around. Yeah, yeah. the best thing to do with something like that is to break it up into parts. You know, like That's with... What I did with... with... <laughs> yeah, with our show, last, last year we did that... Uh, I, I I got out one of my PWI 500s, the first one, and we went through the whole thing from 500 to number one. Mm-hmm. If it would have been a one, if it would have been one podcast, it would have been like nine hours long. But breaking yeah. it up, breaking it up into you know two hour and a half to two hour parts, I noticed that it was much more digestible for yeah. people. And that's like, what I do. I you know I do multiple recordings a week. Uh like I'm on the road a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So I just bring my equipment with me and I sit in the hotel room. If I'm not talking to uh, my Chinese teacher, I'm recording. 
It passes yeah. the time while I'm on the road, and I get, you know, my content out and get a couple weeks ahead. Yeah, I noticed that you were learning Chinese on TikTok. Yes. Yeah, that's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Big supporter of the show. Uh, um, it, she does ads on the show now. Okay. So she po- supports my show. I support her. That's why I post it everywhere because she's trying to grow. I'm trying to grow. So. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a... Uh... Uh, I know yeah, last I, time last time you and I did any kind of a show together, we discussed TikTok a little bit and I was yeah. I, I was so hesitant and I still haven't I still haven't made the jump. My wife keeps telling me she's like, just do it, just do it. She's the my, my Jessica, my Chinese teacher, she's the only reason I'm on there. Uh I'm the administrator for her page. Okay. We have moderators and then there's me. And they basically follow what I set out. And it's mm-hmm. all TikTok. I, I, I ignore it most of the time. But I honestly, a big portion. I, unfortunately, you get a lot of people that are trying to get in her pants. And it's that's not why she's there. Yeah. Which is why I'm there to make sure that crap doesn't get said. Fucking creeps on the internet. Just like. Oh, yeah. It's one of the one of the funniest things to me. We haven't even touched on wrestling yet, which is fine. But um, one of the funniest things to me is is you'll see like some page, there's some goof created. That's I'm just going to use as an example. The last one I saw, somebody creates a page that they're like, "I'm Stephanie McMahon," and then there's like like they post pictures of Stephanie McMahon or Tori Wilson or whoever it is, and there's literally like guys in the comments going, "Hey, baby." Hey baby, <laughs> I oh, love you. Baby. Like you're not that. talking um, to Stephanie McMahon. It's worse. And than Aaron's that. here. Oh, sorry. No worries. But, What's going on, Aaron? And my favorite ones, and I'm not making fun of them, are the guys that don't like English isn't their first language. So it'll be like, like Tori, like the Tori Wilson will post some picture, and it'll be like, "Ooh, glorious babe." Yeah. Oh, nice stuff. mounds. Me want to love you. And it's like, what are you talking? <laughs> no, we get like, we've got, she had a guy that she, we, we kicked out because he was messaging all of the, uh, all of her supporters to try and get him to go to somebody else. And the dude's like freaking making, he's got like 300 accounts. He's gotten my phone number. He's called me on the phone. It's like, don't fuck with me, dude. <laughs> I know people. I have friends that are private investigators. I'll make your life miserable. Go away. <laughs> people are mental. Yes, they are. It's uh, it, it, Babs, Babs and Vagine? Babs and Vagine. <laughs> oh, no. What, yeah. Much worse than that. I mean, if you saw the list of words that I and phrases that I've blocked, you'd be like, holy shit. Every guy, oh, are you married? Do you have a boyfriend? Uh, and uh, the other thing too is, and I, I, I don't know what I don't know what started this conversation. I don't want to monopolize it or whatever. But the other thing that cracks me up is um, the internet guys out there or whatever. They'll they'll say like, and I'm and I'm not knocking any female wrestlers. I'm not okay, but they're like. Female wrestlers are the greatest athletes. It's the best they've ever been. They're athletes. You should respect them. And then when you get on these pages, it, it'll just be like, like, like she'll post a pic, like a female wrestler will post a picture of herself, and it's not like, oh, you're you're very athletic. That's a nice picture. It's like, I love your mounds. I want to. It's you know what I mean. Oh no! The the best one of those I saw was on a Tessa Blanchard post. Some guy I met you at such and such convention. Uh, I met you at such a convention. Um, would you want to go out? As like, and there was like forty guys that are like, "Are you serious? Are you that pathetic?" Um. Like I like I that sky blue girl. Of it. it was so pathetic. I took screenshots of it because, like, you, you you have to remember me. Like that like, sky blue girl. I, I've never seen her work or whatever. Yeah, I had never heard of her, but like one picture of her ass gets out there, and then that's all she is now. It's just like Jesus. 
but I don't know if that makes and sense. The, and the, well, and then there's like I said, yeah. then there, there's there's a bunch of comments of guys going, "I love you, sweet sky." Like Sky Blues, actually yeah. looking at the fucking their comments. <laughs> it's, like, you're, it's like you're pathetic, man. <laughs> oh, they are. They're I did see pathetic. like the reason. The reason I say mounds is I actually saw the guy post that. He said, "I love your mounds." Whoa, that's gross, dude. <laughs> like, I don't like, know what part you're you, talking you, about. <laughs> you think you lo you love my you love my coconut chocolate bar? What what is that? No, dude, there are, I, don't, I don't know what these guys you see them and it's like they'd never say this shit in real life. What the hell gives you the right to go online and say this thing to this person you've never met? They wouldn't and know that, how to talk to any girl. Well, the craziest no. thing is the craziest thing is like if you go to con if you go to conventions. The people that are the dirtiest and creepiest are the ones that are the most like the forwardest. They're the most forward. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, the ones that are hugging the girls and they look like they'd rather be anywhere else, like yeah, prison, than be standing next to this guy that hasn't bathed in nine months. Yeah, he looks like he hasn't brushed his teeth since nineteen ninety six, and yep. probably probably smells like like uh, onions and patchouli. Yeah, like. Yeah. I've seen what needs I've to happen. It, what needs to happen? A lot of these gal, a lot of these ladies. I was calling them gals. This isn't the fifties. A lot of these ladies, like date dudes that are in the business. One time, it needs to happen that one of these fucking slugs puts their hands on this girl, and he just picks her up, and and like he just picks him, like her boyfriend just picks him up and puts him through a table, like literally, like it'll never happen again. Yeah, <laughs> like it just needs to happen. Oh. Well, then you see these guys that remember a couple of years ago, one of the WWE girls ended up freaking got a guy broke into her house. Yeah, that DeVille chick, wasn't that her? Yeah, I I don't know their names. You know, I know Rhea Ripley and Asuka. I think it was Son I think it was Sonny DeVille. And I think uh uh Mandy Rose was even staying over there. Yeah. And it's like Jesus Christ. And like they don't and I'm sure AEW does the same thing, but the WWE doesn't let them like. Well, and if, they, you're, a, if they, you're a diva, you have to travel with a guy. Like you don't get like two divas can't or I keep going. No, two female wrestlers aren't allowed to like travel just together. Like if you're a female, you're on the road with a guy because it's and it's and it's the it's creeps. the same it's the same principle as anyone that's in any kind of a entertainment or or a service of any kind like. That when that person's on the clock, they're paid to be nice to you. That doesn't mean they like you. I mean, Aaron knows because he's my brother, obviously, and Ian probably knows because we're friends on Facebook. My wife's a fairly attractive woman, mm -hmm. and she she works with the public. Her business is with the public, and you don't know how many times it's just like because she's nice to a customer, then that customer thinks it's carte blanche for them to flirt with her, and it's like she's not flirting with you. She's just doing her fucking job. If she wasn't on the clock, she wouldn't even notice that you existed. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a prick twenty four seven. I don't hide it. <laughs> what you see is what you get. <laughs> well, it's because when we're nice to somebody, they don't think we're like into them. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm just I'm myself twenty. I don't care if I'm at work or. I'm out on the street or online. If it's in my head and I say it, it's because I feel it. It's just coming out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a filter there. I don't say everything I think, but I say the shit. Um, to uh, to, to uh, touch on, touch on, I shouldn't use that after the conversation we just had. Don't but do that. <laughs> to, to, to talk about, to talk about wrestling a little bit. Um, I know Ian, you're kind of like me and Aaron where, you're very passive about the modern product. Um, I, 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 I watch. I don't watch anything live anymore. I watch it all after the fact because if I want, I, I want to be able to fast forward through it. I mean, if I'm going to watch, if I'm going to watch Raw or Dynamite or whatever, it's going to take me a third of the time that the show actually runs because I'm only going to watch what I'm interested in. Um, is there anything in the modern product right now that's that's got your attention? The only guy I'm paying attention to in the modern product is Logan Paul. Okay. Uh, I think he's friggin' phenomenal. Uh, he's a prick in real life. He comes across on the mm -hmm. camera. Um, he's 
massively athletic. Uh, he think he personally think he needs to tone that down before he severely injures himself. Right. But uh, he he's he's got it. You know that I, intangible. And I know it's a it's a it's gonna you guys might not think so. It's gonna sound it may sound like a silly comparison to some people, but when I think of him, what I think of is Trish Stratus, <laughs> because. Trish Stratus also had no right to be at anywhere as good as she was. You know, she came in, she was a fitness model. Um, as far as pro wrestling goes, she had no right to be the star that she became. And I think I put him on that level. If, they, if what I'm saying makes sense. And I hate the hate on him. For one, he does a good job. He's, he's, he, um, he looks like an athlete, but this one, he is an athlete, but he's, he's a hell of a worker. And, he doesn't how do I say it like he's not disrespectful to the wrestling business either like he didn't get into it just because it was something to do and like joking around and you like see the smirk on his face when he's doing for us for as much as Mike Tyson liked wrestling Tyson was doing it because it was fun you know what I mean you could even see him smirking when the DX stuff was happening and everything like that Logan Paul takes it serious and I put that on I posted on our way on our page about something like that and this guy was like well we don't want any more part-time champions it's like if you look back at the 80s how often was hulk hogan on tv like literally like wrestling Never. on tv logan paul Lo logan paul could be on the show every single week but he doesn't need to be in the arena every single week he can cut mm -hmm. a promo somewhere and they can just play it you know what i mean it, it, so <laughs> That 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 aspect of it, I think, is when somebody said that, I was like, "That's just them grasping because they can't." Um, how do I say it? They can't get around. Yeah, the fact that the dude's athletic and well, is doing a good that, job. That and and the 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 modern, like we said about uh, the guys talk trying to talk to girls on the internet, they they wouldn't say anything to somebody's face. And that's the problem with the, the the modern wrestling fan, too, is they – I don't understand. Like we were just talking about, I, I watch a show. I don't watch very much of it. I watch what I, what I like, and then I get past it. I don't understand people that hate watch pro wrestling. Why are you wasting your time and your precious time on this planet watching something you so obviously don't like or or you do like it? And you're just posting stuff on the internet to get a reaction from people. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's just like that's um, why I don't watch any of it. Mm -hmm. I, I've 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 watched Logan Paul a couple of his matches. That's it. Because there's nothing going on that I'm interested in. There's nobody that when I was going to wrestling shows, I'd pay money to see because I believed in them. All right, there's nobody I've seen wrestling except maybe Brock Lesnar. That I think is going to take Greg Valentine, right, right. You know that's yeah. he, he's my my favorite wrestler. There's nobody I think's gonna would have a wrestling match and was you know gonna beat him because they're all tiny little sissy boys. <laughs> and that and that's that's the thing that happens to me is there's times where I try, like I really do. Because I'm a wrestling fan, and I I want the business to always exist, and I want it to always, you know, I want the the boys that are in it. Because there's no disrespect to them, they they do something I can't do. I'm I'm never in any way disrespecting them. I just well, the product that's presented now isn't the product that you know. I'm old man yelling at the clouds now, but seriously, I'll I'll sit down and be like, all right, this week I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Dynamite a chance, and then I get about 45 minutes into Dynamite, and I I find myself I'd much rather watch a Monday night raw from 1994 that I've already seen three or four times. Actually, that was something I was going to say to you guys. I was going to ask you um, if, if there's anything you're currently watching, like you're, Re you're rewatching mid South. Uh, what was, what was the question? What, what? Just whatever, whatever, Aaron, the question was whatever you're currently like, what you're watching, what you're power watching or whatever. Ian said he's watching Mid-South. Sneaky Mountain. I'm, I'm weird. I, I, 
Oh, no, I, I'm always pro- I'm always watching like old WWE, but like non-network stuff or whatever. Right now, I'm going through and just watching all the Smoky Mountain again. Yeah, I got I've got the uh, Mid South from tail end of '81 on a drive that somebody gave me. Uh so I'm right about the point where uh, Stagger Lee's about to come in because of DiBiase mm-hmm. and. I don't know how many times I've seen this stuff, but it's still more entertaining than anything going on today. Oh, no fucking doubt. Two things for me. Okay, so, and Aaron knows this. I don't know if you and I have ever talked about it, Ian, but I have, (laughs) call it what you want to call it. I call it my wrestling fetish. I'm a fan of two things. I love watching a company in transition, (laughs) and I love watching a territory die. I don't know why. I just, like... I it's because it's just it's you watch them throwing shit against the wall and stuff like right now I'm watching from I'm watching the WWF from mid 93 until the tail end of 94 early 95 just because it's that transitional period you know they're transitioning out of the Hogan era and they're just throwing shit against the wall to see what sticks um and I don't know, for me, watching something like that, like that's, I think that's why 97 is my favorite year in like big time pro wrestling, just because WWF's in that transition. For, they don't know what the fuck they want to be from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. It's a completely different company and it's so fascinating to watch it happen. Yeah. A, tra- a transition, a, a transition that doesn't get talked about enough though, I think. And it's because not a lot of eyes were on it right away was, um, the minute they were able to announce that Hulk Hogan was coming to WCW, it's like the whole they had to end the stuff they were doing. But now Hogan's showing it, it, it was just a weird little company at that point because they were still doing like it was still like Bunkhouse Buck and the and the mm-hmm. and, and and shit like that, you know. But then like here's Hogan and Savage and, it's, and got, it, it got, was it was and got. And guys like Rick Rude are like, peace, I'm out. Yeah. Then you see the writing on the wall and this shit, I'm out of here, you know. But Rude's, Rude's it, like, it's I'm just, done. Steamboat's like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it, it's a weird thing to watch in that company because it's like, it's the tale of two WCWs at like the same time it's going on. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. They Vince, were it used to, Vince, it used to be they would have to figure out how to change because they lost the guy. You know what I mean? This time it was like we got to figure out how we're gonna do this, and we still got the. Now we got the guy. Mm-hmm. It's just a different. It's it's a weird. Ninety four is a weird time in WCW. Well, it's like uh, you know ECW. I was a fan of it from the time roundabouts the time Heyman took over. Uh, and it was still bar wrestling when he took over, mm-hmm. and you can see the transition over the course of about a year, year and a half. Uh, Now they're running in the ECW arena, and it's not just Sabu and the public enemy doing their crazy things on the TV, and there's none of the shtick that Eddie Gilbert had, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. king of frickin' Philadelphia crap that was just god-awful. Uh, yeah, when we enough. when we go when we went through uh probably like let's say let's just let's just say a, a from April of like 94 until now we're into we're into January of 90 February of 96 on reliving the extreme. Yeah. And you just through especially through 94 and 95 you watch that transition of Paul Heyman and then now we're getting into the point where Paul Heyman's going to start pushing Todd Gordon out too. Yeah. So Todd Gordon's influence is going away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know about you, um, Ian. I think I think ECW peaked at barely legal. Oh, yeah, it did. And everything and then, after that was just they lost whatever they had going into it. Like that we're was- yeah, yeah, we're going through 96 right now, and I'm I was excited to get to it because 96 is actually my favorite year in that company. 95, 96 is my favorite year in that company. That's when I went to the majority of the shows. Okay. Um, like I was on uh, Stick to Wrestling. We were talking about when I one of the shows I went to. Um, 
you, you know, that's the vibe at that point was still a lot of the old fans mixed in with some of the newer who had gotten involved in it because of the dirt sheets and tape traders. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time Barely Legal happened, a good majority of the fans were these dirt sheet readers who didn't know the product from the start. They only knew the tapes that they'd seen. And they started to change the whole vibe of the of the crowd, whereas before, people there wanted to see wrestling. They didn't care. You know, if somebody brought out a table, that was awesome. Right. But the people that came in from the dirt sheets, that's all they wanted to see, which is when you started seeing the stuff like New Jack diving off of balconies. Cool to see it once or twice, but after you see it once or twice, or you see him freaking take a scalpel to somebody, it's like, okay. Yeah. What's yeah. next? Yeah, and and that and that is what it, that that's that is a very important thing to discuss. This, I think that's an important thing to discuss in the history of the business mm-hmm. because because to me, and I know you guys too, and, and, and we're all kind of in the same age group. I lived through the Attitude Era. Yeah, and when you were living through the Attitude Era, it was cool as shit. Mm-hmm. But you look you look back on it now. And you realize that from 1998 till 2001 is when the business blew its fucking wad. Because in that three-year period, they did everything you're ever going to possibly do. And since then, it has just been the ghost of the Attitude Era. Yeah, and that's honestly, I can't watch any of the Attitude Era because it's like, it's too much. Yeah, I get to 99 and I'm out. I'm like, I can't do 99. I just can't do it. I can't do Uh, it. I, I left for boot camp right after Owen Hart di- died. I watched the freaking pay-per-view live, went to boot camp. I didn't think about wrestling again until I got out. I got out in 2003. Mm-hmm. It was, I'd seen everything. All right. Now they've killed a guy live on television. There's not, you can't, there's not much more you can do. Right. The ultimate angle, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just... You know, I got back. I so I can still watch it. But I like ridiculous. I like ridiculous shit. And there's a lot of ridiculous shit. And I just, I can still watch it. I, you guys I, ever heard of the show? You guys ever heard of the show? The, not to change the subject, but The Great American Baking Show. Have you ever heard of this? No. <laughs> I've heard of the, the reason Br- I'm saying. I've heard, I've heard of the British Baking Show. My wife watches the oh. British one. Well, there's a Great American one. And the only reason I'm bringing it up is because my Roku is scanning and like, it's on its screensaver, so it's showing you shit that you can watch. <laughs> <That's>... And <laughs> and this is one of the things. And if I looked up for a second. I'm like, Nick Khan's on the Great American Bake Show. There's this dude that looks like like WWE, WWE Nick Khan. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's not him, but it looks like him. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. No worries. The squirrel brain. Of it's the squirrel brain I have. Yeah, oh no worries. You're, I'm talking with you guys and my teachers messaging me <laughs> asking me how their show's going. Well that, that was the point of this anyway, was just to get a few people together and shoot the shit. Yeah. So you know, no no specific no topic or anything. No. Um but yeah, I just like I said, the attitude era again, it's just it's so funny because like I said, you just you look back on it and you're like, Man, when it was happening, I was so excited because it was so much different than what, what I watched as a kid and blah blah blah. And then now you watch it back and it's like, Man, this is where it ended. This is where well, it died. Well, not only that, you didn't feel like a dork going out in public with your wrestling <laughs> shirt on. Right. Yeah. Everybody was wearing them. <laughs> everybody was wearing them. Uh, and the main thing is like if uh, like I know like people talk about WCW, like when Rousseau went there, it's like if you want to see what that, what the Attitude Era would what Vince Rousseau would have been without Vince McMahon, you know people say that. Yeah. It's like watch WCW. I wouldn't even <laughs> go further than saying because even then there was like Kevin Sullivan and a couple other, and and Mike Graham and a couple other people, you know. I t- I want to tell people if you want to see what Vince Rousseau is really like without a Vince McMahon, you got to watch when he starts with TNA. 
Because I tried watching some early TNA because I didn't get used to watch that shit because I couldn't afford a fucking pay-per-view every week. And I watched this shit and I'm like, this is... This is schizophrenic. And just out of... Just out of control. And... It's like... There's a Dusty Rhodes paper or a Dusty Rhodes promo that I had never seen because I never watched it. And Dusty Rhodes shows up and he's cut. And I'm not going to say verbatim what he says, but there's like one through point that he keeps bringing up. Like he'll say, and then we had this and this and like, you know, he's like, it was me and, and Harley Race and Ric Flair and me. And he's like going through the lineage of wrestling, you know, and he's like, and what do we have now? A midget beating off in a trash can. And then hey, he's like, that- and then and then there was this, and then there was that. And I wrestled a big bubba and Jim Cornette. And now we got a midget beating off in a trash can. And he says it like five times. And, but you know what? <laughs> you know what? Dusty, Dusty in that promo, I've never seen it, but in that promo, he encapsulated what happened to the business, <laughs> you know. We had we had all this greatness and all this wonder and the wonder of the wrestling business and now we have a midget beaten off in a trash can. Off in a trash can. <laughs> I can't even speak too much TNA. I don't. I, I I I never I never really really watched that promotion. Even when they were trying to push it hard, I just never. I don't know. Now they're trying to change their name back, and it's like, guys, it's not your name. <laughs> it is not your name. Yeah, it's not the name that needs to change. And then Billy Corgan, he had something good going on, and then he just became a he just became just another wrestling company, and started doing sports entertainment. Which I don't have a problem with sports entertainment, but it's like don't say you're going to be something different, and then you just roll into being like you have ICP on there now, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and it, every guy falls into that. You know, they're like, we're going to be the real alternative. We're going to be wrestling, and then it's like. They're good for like six months, and then they're like, "Oh well, we got to start doing it this way now." And it, it's I'll, just... I'll, I'll say this, and I don't know, I don't know if I mean anybody listening. If you want to check it out, if you guys want to check it out, if you don't, that's fine too. Just speaking to my own thing, right now, like I said earlier about like Monday Night Raw. I, if I watch it, I watch like if it's a three-hour show, I I see forty-five minutes of it without oh, fast-forwarding. Yeah. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. The show, to be honest with you, and it does have its flaws because every wrestling show has its flaws. But actually, the best wrestling show right now that I can actually a lot of times watch from beginning to end, or mostly from beginning to end, on YouTube every week, I watch OVW. OVW is actually really good right now. It's 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 booked kind of like a territory. Al Snow's in charge of it, mm. and again, it has its goofy shit. But wrestling's always had its goofy shit. You know what I mean? There's yeah. always going to be something. There's always going to be something. Even the promotion you absolutely love, you're going to be like, "Well, that was stupid," but because nobody's perfect. But OBW is the past couple of years has actually been pretty fucking consistent. I have actually enjoyed it. I don't think well, I've ever watched it. <laughs> I've seen some stuff from it, and the reason I think Nate that it's like that is um because al snow's not an idiot you know what i mean yeah and he's been in the wrestling business for who who knows how long now uh, 40 years nine he's been in he's been in what since at least the early 90s at least the early 90s well even way before that yeah he started he, wrestling in the, on the independent circuit some point in the 80s Okay. Yeah. So he's been in the business for he he's he, if he hasn't been in the business forty years, it's really really close. Mm-hmm. And um, when I say he's not stupid, it's the fact that he knows that you know he's not going to compete with Vince McMahon or or not. It's not even Vince McMahon anymore. But you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, they get the itch, and then they're like, oh, we're gonna. We're going to get bigger. We're going to get badder and we're going to take over the world. And he's like, how about we just worry about yeah. our shit? And- yeah. Literally their TV show comes from the same, or the same little arena every week. You know, I don't know if it's still the Davis arena. They've got it souped up now if it is, but 
It comes from the same little arena every week. And, you know, sometimes they show you stuff from like one of their big shows that they do or whatever. But it is. It's more like a territory style. And again, they have some sports entertainment stuff. It's 2023. You're not ever going to have Bill Watts Mid-South again, unfortunately. It just yeah. is what it is. Um, but uh, but they have – I do. I really – I really. that's like probably my favorite modern wrestling show just to sit down and watch anyway. But I'm sure Al is probably like, I'm going to do this enough to where, for one, I'm sure he's probably training guys. So he's getting paid that way. Oh, yeah. But, but it's like, I'm going to, let's, how about we do that? Like, he's running his, he's probably running his company. Like, hey, what's going to keep the lights on? Let me live comfortably and let these kids wet their beak and maybe get them, get some eyes on them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like well, we're gonna we're gonna get on the CW network or we're gonna get on here or we're gonna get on there. It's like nah, let's just make just make an honest living, and more people need to be like that. And I mm-hmm. think we'd have a healthier, more and yeah, and, and you're right, and in twenty independent league, and in 2023, it's not 1993. In 2023, in the pro wrestling business, the WWE is the NFL. You are never going to take down the WWE at this point. So don't even don't don't even look at that as a goal. You know what I mean? Like you said, Aaron, you say you're gonna be an alternative, be an alternative. Like how me, long was Tony Khan? Like Tony sorry. Like for me, I don't like AEW, but I don't begrudge anybody that does. If that's the shit they like to watch, let them watch it. You know what I mean? Who cares? Like I was gonna say, like when when they first started, I I didn't watch a lot of it, but weren't they trying to be like we're gonna be the alternative and we don't care about what the WWE does or whatever? And that lasted what like five months, and then it was like, oh, now we gotta worry about what they're doing. It's like just just do do you and have your fans and be okay. And he's gonna spend himself out of the fucking business. It's just gonna happen and. But it's just uh, sorry. You're talking about Tony Khan, or did I, did I miss here? Oh yeah, no, we're talking, I was just saying. Yeah. I think he's eventually going to spell spend himself out of the he business. Been, he is what the Attitude Era would have been without Vince McMahon, full blown. Yeah, he's but, yeah. Uh, I have literally. That's funny that you say that because I have literally called AEW Vince Russo's afterbirth. It is. It's it's WCW two thousand and three. If it had existed, nothing makes. I don't. I don't watch it. Uh, I hear Cornette talk about it. I've seen snippets here and there. Nothing is serious. Nothing matters. It's all a great big joke because nobody in the company takes anything they're doing seriously mm-hmm. because they all grew up on this mentality of it has to be fun and all inclusive. No, you want people to want to stab your bad guys. No, they yeah, and they tell nothing. They tell no long term stories. No, they, I mean, there's they tell no like they had for for me, and I I think you know obviously I watch more of it than you do just because I watch it casually. But just, I'm just going to use as an example how I don't remember how long ago because like you said, it's like. AW has no focus, so you can't remember when anything actually happened. But uh, however long ago it was, they had built up the thing with MJF and Wardlow. Mm -hmm. Wardlow was like MGF's heavy and et cetera, et cetera. And eventually, you know, Wardlow, the heavy, is tired of MJF, the heel shit, and he turns on MJF and turns babyface and the crowd's into him and everything. That's a story that if if booked properly in, in a pro wrestling mindset, you could have told over a period of two years. They told it in like three and a half months. Well, yeah, because it's everything's rushed and he's got the mentality of freaking, you know, somebody with ADHD that's on coke and <laughs> he assumes that his... Well, I call him the snowman. Uh, that he assumes that his fans have that same mindset, and most of them do because most of them are much younger than, you know, anybody who's gonna have the money to spend on all their products. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, you see the, the everything tanking. 
And there's a reason that, like, um, there's a reason the four horsemen were special. Okay. Or there's a reason when talking about Mid South, there's a reason the Rat Pack was special. Yeah. And it's because they were the stable in the company. Yes. And if they're and AEW, AEW, everybody's in a fucking stable. Everybody. Yeah. Like, like you're even like the baby faces, they're in a stable. The baby face shouldn't be in a stable because you shouldn't need people to watch his back. Yeah, you it's like, like, like you can have it's friends. Like, it's you can have friends, wrestling. but it shouldn't be a stable. Instead of wrestling, it's like rollerball. Everybody's on a team. <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck is going on? Well, that's that 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 tells you where he's stuck mentally. He's stuck in that gang warfare era of WWF mixed with ECW. You know, that's fucking lazy. They're like, oh, we got this guy. What are we going to do with him? I don't know. Let's just put him with Jericho. Yeah, I mean, you look back at that stuff, and most of it's unwatchable at this point. And from everything I've heard, the stuff they're doing now is unwatchable. It doesn't Yeah, change. well, I mean, just like, just like, and I know it was immensely successful, especially from a merchandising standpoint. But if you look at the NWO, the NWO was really only super entertaining for about six months. Yeah, but it had stars. They don't right. Have yes. Stars. Yeah. But once they started, once they started like putting, you know, Buff Backwell and 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 you know whoever in it, it just it, actually it, it, I would, that that this is going to sound surprising because I know I bash on the guy a lot, but I was going to say like the entries into it. I buff was the one that like the last one I had no problem with. Cause the, I, I, if you're going to have a faction of guys that are um, like Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, X-Pac, if you're going to have that type of crew, you need a buff Bagwell. You know what <laughs> I mean? You need a guy you that's going to go out there and lose. You need a toady or two. Yeah. Yeah. So like a buff and a Vincent, it's like okay, I can dig that. But then after you got past that, I'm like, uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know you about got, this. We brought in, we brought in, now we got we got Stevie Ray and Brian Adams, and they're another yeah. NWO and uh, yeah, because like even the Horsemen, they they were ball strong. And I know people wouldn't think this way, but JJ was their toe, like he was the guy that was gonna get beat up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and he did a great job at it, so I'm not even yeah. knocking it. And even Bobby, JJ, totally, totally got his ass kicked continuously by Magnum TA unless they were in a group. Yeah, but yeah, now what? it's it, it's all they don't they have too many people and nobody knows what they're doing. Not that I could book the thing, but it's obvious from you could just look at their numbers to tell that, that you know nobody in that company is putting any thought into it. Right. Well, and, and the, uh, that, that you guys, we brought up the horsemen. So I'll ask the question. I know we'll wrap up here in a few. Um, all right. But, uh, the, I guess, I'll, okay, let's do this. The, the last question I'll have for this one, and we should definitely do this again. I, I, I like this just randomly get together and shoot the shit. Maybe next time I'll, if I, like I told Ian, if I give people more notice, I just decided to do this on the sperm of the moment tonight. So, but if I give people more notice, maybe we'll get more participants. But anyway, either that or they should the, be on their fucking toes and be ready at all times. <laughs> the, the the horseman. We brought it up. Do you guys think? Do you agree with me anyway that the horseman? Never should have been resurrected after Flair left in 91. I think it watered it down. It may have even been watered down after the initial. I don't think it should have been. I understand why they. I don't think it should. I I don't think it should have been resurrected. I mean. Yeah. It became less special. To me, it's like. It wasn't even just him leaving. It was like when Arn and Tully left. It was like, that's just, it, it's just it. You know, like, 
the bloom was off the rose or whatever, and it, it shouldn't have. It's just it, it was it was lazy booking. It kept trying to go back and and it's like you can't now. You know, like like if if Tully would have been able to come back, maybe, but it wasn't the same. And it was just let's find a guy that kind of looks like Tully. You know what I mean? And I know he wasn't the most important member of the Horsemen, but the Horsemen no, are kind of like the Beatles. They're all. They all serve their purpose, and you like Ringo might not be everybody's favorite Beatle, but the Beatles wouldn't have been the Beatles without Ringo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That type of thing. So that's I think once the once they get once they got split up because of uh, Arn and Tully leaving, that should have just been it. For me, it's when Oli left. That should have been it. The second incarnation was like DX app without Michaels to me. Because Oli gave them that air of legitimacy because mm -hmm. of his promos and the way he was in the ring. There was well, nothing that's, about him that said this guy's fake. That was the question I was going to ask you guys because it's like when you think, okay, it's it's crazy to think about this. And I actually heard the, the reason that I got to thinking about it was I heard this stat the stat from when I was listening to between the sheets mm. and they were talking about, uh, they were, they were talking about 87 and you know how, you know, how you know how fucking Kellner and Bix get there. It's like now we've all of a sudden we're spending 20 minutes on one guy. But anyway, um, when you think of the horsemen, cause they made me think about this. When you think of the horsemen, Aaron, which, which what do you think of when you think of the four horsemen, I'm going to say four horsemen, who are they? Strive top of my head. Yeah, um, boom. I think of Flair. I think of I think of Flair, Arn, Tully, and Barry. Ian. Flair, Arn, Tully, and Oli. Crazy thing, and this tells you the level of performance that the guys that you guys just mentioned. The longest running for the longest running um formation of the horsemen was the one with Sid in it. Mm -hmm. that was the one that actually lasted the longest. So when you think about the ones that you guys are thinking of, those performers are fucking amazing. So amazing that, Oh, they only had a run of as the horseman for like six months. You know what I mean? Together. It's just, it's crazy to think about that in six months, those four guys made that much impact. Well, that's like I was saying about, you know, DX after Michael's left when X-Pac joined, it was cool. Mm -hmm. He got the the New Age Outlaws uh, okay when you know they were officially made members, but after you know that it just every new member or person leaving just watered it down to the point where it was like, who cares? I don't even want to watch them anymore. Yep, same and principle. Music. Yeah, same principle as I was talking about with the NWO. It was just yeah, like at a certain point, <laughs> the shit has a shelf life. Yeah, they yeah. jumped the shark, and it's no longer what it was because it doesn't have the two guys that made it to begin with. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, you got rid of Oli. Okay, the next incarnation was good, but it wasn't as good as the first. I don't care how right. good. You right. know, and then work. And that goes back to something that I said about living through the Attitude Era. For those of you that are younger, that listen to our shows, <laughs> that maybe have seen it retro in, in, in retrospect or just remember the, when they were, you know, the goofy DX from 2006 or whatever, you can't imagine how cool it was to live through the formation of DX. <laughs> like that shit. I don't care, man. That shit was fucking cool. Like watching that, that when, when Hunter and, and, and Sean first hooked up mm -hmm. from the moment that happened until after WrestleMania 14, that was I, I I will I will die on the hill that those two, no matter how much of a pain in the ass they were or whatever, that was some of the most fun fucking wrestling ever on television. It was and it was organic and it yes. was um as real it was as real as wrestling could have been at the uh, had been at the time on TV. You know what I mean? Like um Brett and Shawn Michaels were legitimately feuding with each other. They, yeah, they like fucking hate legit you. real I life fucking hate you. <laughs> so like it was like it, like Hogan and Savage later on didn't get along, you, you know. But going into like 
it's one of the greatest wrestling stories ever told is WrestleMania four to WrestleMania five. And, but it's not like they legitimately hated each other. You know what I mean? They were friends at that point, but Brett and Sean was, they fucking hated each other. And that's what made it so much fucking better. And also shows to the professionals they were, because they never actually hurt each other. But right. I just, the, the Triple H and Shawn Michaels as DX is one of the most organic things that's ever came about. And, and the horsemen was organic too. Like they didn't set out saying, oh, we're going to create the four horsemen. It was just one night these guys were all on the same team. And it was like, oh, look. All the champions are on the same team, and it's and just I'll, I'll say this for I'll go. say I, I'll say this for the record. And as a person, as a human being, I'm glad that he got his life together and he cleaned himself up for his kids and his wife and everything. <laughs> but I've never I've I've rarely been more entertained watching pro wrestling than watching Shawn Michaels fucked up on live television. Yes. <laughs> Just fucked up on live television. Like, and we're, we're, you're on in 10, Sean. All right, let me drink this beer and take these somas, and I'll be out there to give you the best shit you've seen and, all and, week. <laughs> and you know who enjoyed it more than you? And I can guarantee he did. Hunter? Yes. You know why? Because he was on TV laughing at it. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> and he was also like, thinking, I'm sure he was thinking, because Hunter's the ultimate politician, Eventually, this guy's going to spiral out of fucking control, and I'm going to slide right in there and take his spot. <laughs> but no, I just guarantee you that when he's like, when Sean's like, you've seen sunny days, and like, Sean's like mooning people and shit. Hunter wasn't hamming it up. He was like, this shit's fucking funny as shit. Like, it's like, it was two best friends that basically figured out that we can pretty much do what we want to do as long as we don't hurt somebody and he's not going to do anything to us. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and what, what, I don't know what pictures Sean has events or whatever, but it's always been that way. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we are going to wrap this up guys. Firstly, because I said it would be about an hour. Secondly, because at this point my bladder's full and I got to piss. But <laughs> I need um, to take a shower and go to the bar anyway. <laughs> but Ian, um, Aaron, yeah, thanks for being here, like you always are. Ian, um, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. It was a fun conversation. It's always cool to get together. And if you want to, just real quick, as we close out here, if you want to let everybody know where they can find you and find your products, and find your fine podcasts and such. All right. Thank you for having me. First off, uh, you can find me on every social media platform you can think of. Just look for the DeathCast or DeathCast Pod, and you can find DeathCast on every podcast app there is. I'm on about, uh, last count, about 250 podcast apps, so... You want look for it. You can find me. You can find me. I'm even. It's even on YouTube. I'm everywhere. It's like a plague. <laughs> and yeah, I, and I am not. Um, I, I can say this, and this is the honest to God truth, folks. And Aaron knows. Although sometimes I do enjoy watching, like, or looking at a documentary or something about crime or whatever. I am in no way, shape, or form a true crime guy, kind of in the way that Aaron and, and Ian are. But what I will say is Ian's podcast is the one true crime podcast that I actually legit listen to. I'm not blowing smoke. He knows I'm not um, because I just love the way it's presented. And like you were saying earlier, Ian, when we were discussing at the beginning, the details, a lot of times I'm turned off by true crime stuff because it's so, it's so sanitary and it's so watered down and, and you just don't get the details. The, de the devil is in the details for real. <laughs> Um, so I definitely recommend the Deathcast to anybody that's listening to this show that is interested in true crime.